0: Else rather be than right here, right now. when it's too tough for them it's tough what's up Bill's mafia it's Joe Marino from the draft network and I am your host of locked on bills happy Thursday to you the new league year has officially kicked off as of 4 p.m Eastern on Wednesday. And the legal tampering period is over and all of the deals we were told would happen, happened. So the Bills have officially announced all of the free agent acquisitions that they've made. And uh, so there's no surprises. There's no New York Jets moments where Anthony Barr backs out of his deal or something like that. The Bills, the players that were reported to sign with the Bills, all signed with the Bills in addition to a new player, Andre Roberts, a kick returner, and I'm going to dig into him a lot here in just a minute, uh, talk about some big picture stuff with the team, and then I'm actually going to do a mock draft, uh, another one of these live mock drafts, um, to kind of see how things play out, given the big haul of free agents has already happened, and now there's still some moves that could happen, the Bills could make a trade, or they could sign one of the available free agents, who knows, but I think right now we have a pretty good idea of what the uh, strengths and weaknesses of the team are entering the draft. And I would like to work through a scenario with you today on what that could look like. I don't know what's going to happen. I'll do it live. Um, And so we'll talk through it like we've done uh, in the past few weeks here. We did a few of these. So we'll do another one today. Kind of remarkable when you think about what the Bills have been able to do here. They've added 10 NFL rosterable players to this roster already. Let's rip through the list. Kevin Johnson, Spencer Long, Frank Gore, Tyler Croft, Mitch Morse, John Brown, Cole Beasley, Ty Insecki, John Feliciano, Andre Roberts. Ten. Ten players that Brandon Bean and his his scouting department, his personnel department, have identified and said, we want these guys to be on the football team. Um, In addition to the ten draft picks that the Bills currently have right now, in addition to the moves that will inevitably happen here in the coming weeks to get the roster to 90. A lot of bodies here, a lot of new bodies. And, you know, if you just kind of take what is in place right now, 10 draft picks, 10 free agent signings, that's 20 players. I mean, are they going to flip that is the roster going to have that much of a turn from last year to this year? Kind of stuff I've been thinking about lately. Now we need to see what the whole picture looks like. There could be players that are released from the roster. Who knows what's going to happen? But I think right now, one of the questions in my mind is how much roster overhaul are we talking about? It could it be 20 different players? I mean, right now that doesn't seem that far-fetched. So kind of be interesting to look and see what that what that looks like in time. But right now, we're talking about a lot of new faces on this team. And A lot of hand selected players on this team that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have either drafted or signed. And so we'll see what this all looks like. Particularly at the wide receiver position, where I think this is where things get really interesting because the Bills did sign Andre Roberts today, and I'm gonna break him down here in a minute. But if you look at this receiver room, you have Robert Foster, you have Zay Jones, you have Cole Beasley. You have John Brown, you have Andre Roberts. I think all five of those feel like roster locks right now. What is the likelihood the Bills use a high pick on a wide receiver? I think they still could. I'm not writing it off. It's certainly less of a need than it was a week ago. And there certainly is a size element to this receiving core that is missing. But you kind of look... And you survey the landscape of this receiver room, not even to mention other players on the team—Ray Ray, Ray McCloud and uh, Duke Williams—and the kind of the list goes on with Isaiah McKinsey. All those players are still in the mix. What's the like? I think the likelihood has really went down that the Bills would use, obviously, number nine on a on a receiver, but even a second round pick—it could be more of a, a middle round thing if they wanted to at all to get a size receiver. So, kind of interesting how the landscape has really shifted there with the wide receiver position. Um, When you think about the entire roster, like I was talking about all this overhaul, it's just kind of what I talked about a lot yesterday with this finally being a team that is full of legitimate NFL players, where there's competition all over the place, where there's going to be legit battles for spots. I think that's going to bring out the best in these players where nobody's guaranteed anything. I mean, some players, I mean, right, like Tremaine Edmonds and Josh Allen and Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Trey White. Those guys don't have a thing in the world to worry about. Jerry Hughes, those players. But by and large, there is wide-open competition, not only for starting positions, but for the critical backup positions. You are going to have a really good environment uh, that's going to keep everyone sharp and on their toes because – There's real depth on this football team for the first time in a very long time. And it's only going to get deeper. There's 10 draft picks and more free agent moves, more potential trades. That could happen. You have to feel good about the way this roster looks right now on paper in the middle of March. First time in a long time, I think we could say that with any level of confidence. So let's talk about Andre Roberts, who the Bills signed uh, on Wednesday. I do not know the terms of his deal. As of the recording of this podcast, I do not know the terms of his deal. I would imagine it's probably one or two years, fairly modest. He's a he's a Pro Bowl kick returner, punt returner. He was that's he was All-Pro and Pro Bowl as a kick and punt returner last season. And he led the team, actually he led the league in 2018 for kickoff return yards. And it's been a minute since the Bills really had something dynamic in the return game, and we saw this firsthand when the Bills played the Jets last season. Roberts torched the Bills, and I mean, a lot of returners did, but I mean, this guy crushed Buffalo in the first game. He had five kick returns for 132 yards, and in the second game, he had five for 176. <laughs> God, we got worse covering kicks against this guy. Um, so yeah you, you you love that you love that the bills legitimately have a guy that can help them flip field positioning in the return game. I mean the bills continuously had long fields that they had to go go they had to deal with last year with a bad offense right I mean like in terms of the whole thing with the rookie quarterback and poor weapons and a bad offensive line it's already challenging enough to score but it's even harder when you always have to go 70, 80. 90 yards now you have a guy that is going to be able to help you set up shorter fields that are better for your offense so obviously there's a lot of value in having a very dynamic return guy he's 31 years old uh he was a third round pick by the arizona cardinals number 88 overall in 2010 he uh, was on the cardinals he was on the redskins lions falcons and jets it's kind of the deal with these return guys they don't really ever stick anywhere for too long but they're very, you know, they, they get their job done in the return game and, and Roberts is coming off the best season of his career as both a kick and punt returner. I am a big proponent of fielding punts. You have got to field punts because if you let that thing bounce, it rolls. And a lot of times, if you just catch the freaking punt, you save yourself 10, 15, 20 yards of field position. Two first downs just because you were able to field a punt. Little stuff that matters a lot. And Andre Roberts is a guy who can catch punts. He's fielded in his NFL career 196 punts. And he's muffed only three of them. Two came in one game. Kind of a weird weird way to, to have that happen. You got it. Going into that game... He's caught like 180 punts in his career and muffed one, and then he did two in one game. Kind of a fluky thing. By comparison, Isaiah McKenzie, the Bills, one of their punt returners that they tried last year, has four muffs in 47 career fielded punts. So the Bills just, you remember how often they were trotting out Micah Hyde to just catch the punt? That's all he had to do is go catch the punt. So that way, not no, number one, that it was fielded cleanly, and you didn't have him off, and you didn't force a team to punt and then give him the ball right back, but also because he can field it and not let it bounce a million yards the other direction and cost your team very important field position. There's a guy now that the Bills have. I'm talking little things here, but this is the stuff that matters. They got a guy that can field punts, and not only can he field them, he can return them and get more yards. It's a guy that averaged 13.3 yards per punt return last year. He averaged 12.3 yards per punt return. In 2016, for his career, he's basically averaging 10 yards per punt return. Well, that's a beautiful thing. Not only is he not going to let it hit the ground and and go 10, 15 yards the other way, he's going to take it 10 yards in favorable directions. This This is a game changer in a lot of ways in terms of being able to set your team up for good field position and not to mention what he's able to do. In the kick return game where last year he averaged 29.4 yards per kick return. Outstanding. For his career, two kick return touchdowns. Three punt return touchdowns. He's got five house calls in the return game for his career. Very good. Very good. Very happy about this. I'm a special teams guy. So I get... Pretty excited about these little things that are going to help the Buffalo Bills win football games. Return game. Reliable fielding of punts. Very excited. Very happy. A guy that you have to account for. And I think, look, this probably spells... It's it's hard for me to envision a course for Isaiah McKenzie to make this roster next year, especially with Andre Roberts, where you're getting a million times better return guy, a way better ball handler, but then all the stuff, the value that... McKinsey had in Dable's offense last year to do that gadget stuff. I mean, Ro- Andre Roberts does that stuff for you now. So, you know, McKinsey, you did a nice job. You helped the Bills there down the stretch. I hope you can land somewhere else. But this is this is the guy. And you hear Sean McDermott talk so many times throughout the course of last season about having young football players having to do fill important roles for their team. And I think this is an example of what he's talking about where you're not relying on Aza McKenzie to be your return guy, and do your gadget stuff on offense. Now you've got a guy who's been in the league since 2013 that has a proven track record that you know he's reliable to do those types of things. You're not going to have ball handling issues. You're not going to have not fielded punts. You're not going to have muffed punts. So I think being able to rely upon a veteran player like Andre Roberts is a good example of what Sean McDermott's referring to. So I'm pretty excited about the Andre Roberts deal. Um you guys haven't he- have you guys haven't heard me get mad at the Bills yet. So that'll come eventually. They'll do something that'll piss me off. But so far so good. Maybe I was a difference, you know, me taking over this podcast, the Bills don't do stupid stuff anymore. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh certainly going to be hard to criticize them right now. We'll see what happens with the draft. We'll see what happens in games, but I don't want you to think that I'm not objective with my Bills analysis. Remember, I was the guy that wrote that article about Josh Allen and how he was limiting a bad supporting cast. So if you don't think I could be objective with my Bills analysis, you got another thing coming. I don't know why I'm defending myself. I'm pretty much just doing this to myself right now, but I just want everybody to know that I am very objective, I think, with the way that I perceive this stuff, and and you will hear me criticize the Bills when it's necessary. has not been necessary to this point. All right, let me see here. Um, so with all these moves, I talked about, you know, potentially wide receiver being out of the mix. Um potential, you know, first two rounds. And with that in mind, I am thinking very seriously about defensive line for this team in the draft. When you look at it, there's short and long-term issues, particular three technique, uh, even at pass rusher, right where right now your best outside rusher outside of Jerry Hughes is – who? Trent Murphy, who didn't show you anything last year, coming back from injury, dealt with nagging injuries all season long, and Shaq Lawson, who is a fine run defender but has not necessarily been a guy that can consistently win 1v1 in pass rush situations. So while you look at this roster and you say, hey, we feel good about what has transpired in free agency to fix this offense, we don't have any dudes on that defensive line that's going to compliment Jerry Hughes and Max not only make plays on his own, but help Jerry Hughes make plays because you're getting pass rush from more than one direction. So I'm thinking right now the big priority is getting guys that can make plays and beat offensive linemen, beat blocks up front on defense. I think tight end's a big need. Tyler Croft, Jason Kroon, we need more. You need more than that. And so I think a, a high pick on a tight end Probably not at nine because I think there's going to be a good defensive lineman available. But in the second round, I think there's going to be a really good target that the Bills can get and really let him acclimate himself with no immediate need to perform with Tyler Croft and and Jason Kroom in the mix. So right now going into this draft, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to start the mock draft here in a second, but I'm thinking defensive line in the first round and then a tight end in the second round, and then we'll just kind of see what happens from there. I would like to be, get the Bills a size receiver at some point. I'd like to get some depth, depth at linebacker. I wouldn't be adverse to multiple picks on the defensive line. Um, if there's an opportunity to get a dynamic re- running back that you think could be part of the mix beyond this season, I'm going to do that for sure. You know, I, I, I'm not married to Chris Ivory or Marcus Murphy or Keith Ford behind Frank Gore and Lashawn McCoy, so... Um, that's an option. I'm not I'm not dismissing that. Plus, even more at, at corner. Right now, you you feel okay with Trey White, Levi Wallace, and Kevin Johnson, but that's about it right now. So, you know, Lafayette Pitts is a special teams guy. So that's kind of what my mindset is going into this mock draft that I don't know what will happen, but I'm gonna go to the draftnetwork.com and I'm gonna go to the mock draft machine. And I'm going to do a seven-round mock draft for the Buffalo Bills, and I'm going to click Start Draft. And keep in mind, you can do the same thing. This is a free resource on DraftNetwork.com. That's a company that I work for. We have this mock draft simulator for you, and um, I really enjoy using this myself. I probably do ten mocks a day, but I'm going to work through one live for you here. But also, you know, if hey, if you do mock drafts, like send them to me on Twitter. I love looking at them. I love giving you my thoughts. So screenshot that thing, send it over to me, at the Joe Marino on Twitter. All right, so I'm going to click Start Draft, and let's let's work through this thing. I'll talk you through it and let you know where my mind's at and what I'm thinking when I make these picks. So I won't do this for every round, but for the first round, I want to tell you what came off the board in front of me. Um, Number one, Nick Bosa. Number two, Josh Allen. Number three, Quinnen Williams. Number four, Josh Jacobs. That's a little surprise. Number five, Greedy Williams. Number six, Kyler Murray. Number seven, Jawan Taylor. Number eight, Rashawn Gary. So this is interesting. DK Metcalf's on board. (laughs) I'm I'm not going to do it. Put down your pitchforks. I'm going to go to this defensive line. Montez Sweat is there. Brian Burns is there. Brian Burns is very appealing to me. Um, At defensive tackle... Let me see what we have available here. Ed Oliver, Christian Wilkins. Now, I am I think Ed Oliver would be a wonderful pick. I would make that pick right now. My concern is, will Brandon Bean make that pick? One thing we know about Brandon Bean is he loves prototypes and he loves length. You don't get either of those things with Ed Oliver. He's a smaller defensive tackle. Even though he checked in at 287 pounds, he's less than 6'2", and I think he's got less than 32-inch arms. I mean, that's nothing like what you would expect based on the players you've seen Brandon being target, particularly in the trenches and in the front seven on defense. So I get nervous about it, but let's, that's what I want to do. I want to do that here because I think his, he is that penetration style defensive tackle that can really cause problems and get into the backfield. So predictively, I don't think this will be the move the Bills make. I also didn't think the Bills would ever have interest in Antonio Brown. So there's that. I think they would probably choose Christian Wilkins over him. But I'm calling the shots. I'm going with that Oliver. So the simulator is running. The Bills will be back up here in the second round with pick number 40. And I am going to look at the tight ends once it's my turn. And it almost is. Here we are. All right, so let's look at the overall landscape here, Um, and let's go right to the tight ends. And the guy I was hoping for is available, Irv Smith from Alabama. The two tight ends from Iowa, uh, Hawkinson and Fant, were already drafted, so they're not options. Irv Smith is a guy I feel very comfortable with. Obviously, Irv has spent a season with Brian Dable at Alabama, so familiarity there will be helpful. And I think he's a very versatile player good blocker so there's no concessions a lot of these these tight ends that you're bringing in that give you that receiving upside you give up something as a blocker you don't give up anything as a blocker with Irv and he's a very talented receiver that can win you know you can you can use him to, to get down the field he's going to win in the intermediate areas but also you can throw it to him short and he can work after the catch so this is the tight end I was hoping for and I'm going to turn in the card here we've selected Irv Smith so in the first round at Oliver, defensive tackle from Houston. In the second round, tight end Irv Smith from Alabama. And the Bills' third round pick is about to happen. Number 74 overall. And let's look at what this looks like. Is there a size receiver that I like? No. Well, a J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. J.J. Sega whiteside from Stanford is, is available. I am going to give very strong consideration to that. But before I do, I'm going to look at the edge rushers, and there's nobody here that I can I, that I have to have. So I think the best value is going to be J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. So look at me, still building this offense, still giving weapons a different type of receiver around Josh Allen, a guy that if they want to have a size guy, they get it. He blocks well. The Bills go four and five wide receiver sets a lot. So... It's not crazy to think about needing another receiver to this mix, so he challenges defenses differently than the rest of the skill sets available right now at the Bills receiving core, so I like that idea. So there it is, third-round pick, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside from Stanford. That's your size guy that can go up and get the football. So the Bills have a couple of fourth-round picks, simulators running. And at 112 overall, we are now on the clock, and let's see what's available. I want to look at corner. I want to look at edge. So let's take a look at edge. Uh, it's it goes the good edge rushers. They just go so quick. That's going to be the thing. There's no waiting on edge rushers. If you want an edge rusher, you got to get them, because the the talent depletes very quickly. So just. Keep that in mind. If the Bills take one high, that (laughs) if you want to impact edge rusher, you got to get one high. Um, I'm going to look at cornerback here. Michael Jackson. He's actually a good cover two, cover three fit. I don't like a lot of these other options. I have two fourth-round picks. Could I go Michael Jackson and uh, Wyatt Ray from Boston College? Am I overlooking some offensive line help here? I do not like these offensive linemen. I do not think this is a very deep draft class, by the way. So when we talk about moving up potentially in the middle rounds and <laughs> giving up some of this day three draft capital, I'm going to be okay with that because I don't love the depth of this draft class. Um, was there a linebacker? This is tough. Okay, the guy that popped is Michael Jackson – I think he gives the Bills a another boundary corner. You know, Kevin Johnson's on a one-year deal. I think Michael Jackson will be a very good special teams player and uh, could really develop into a guy that can uh, challenge Levi Wallace in twenty twenty um, and uh, f- you know challenge Kevin Johnson right now with a younger player. And I think he'll help on uh, coverage units as well. So. I felt good with him, and now we're back up with the Bills' second fourth-round pick, pick 131, and uh, Justice Hill is on the board. And I'm going to go ahead and snatch him up. He is a very dynamic back from Oklahoma State, ran 4-4. He catches the football, and so I think he gives you a young piece that can be RB3 behind Frank Gore and Lashawn McCoy. My God, what a, what a treat that would be to be able to have – your first season in the league behind them, and so give the Bills something going into 2020, where you expect that position to be overhauled, but also give the Bills a young player that they can use situationally this year. And if your backfield, your your running back room is Gore, McCoy, and Justice Hill, you probably feel really good about that. So I feel I do I do feel good about that. So I'm back up here in the fifth round with pick 147. And I would love to get an edge rusher. I would love to get an edge rusher. I just don't like these edge rushers that are available, guys. I got to move on from those. I got to move on. I don't like any of these guys. Is there an offensive lineman? There's not. Is there a linebacker? I talked about the need for a linebacker. And (laughs) it goes quick. We're in the fifth round, so it's not that big of a deal. Let me go with Ben burr in here. He's uh, an ideal guy, I think, and this is the fifth round. So he's a very high-energy guy. Um, I think that he'll be able to um, help you on special teams, give the, the Bills a player that they can develop to, to help challenge the depth of the roster, give you another player on a rookie deal, um, and give you a little bit of upside. Uh, he's part of some really good Washington defenses. There's other people in the draft community that like him a ton. So um, I think that's good value here in the fifth round. The Bills have another fifth round pick, pick number 158. And so I'm back on the clock. Is there a tackle that I like here? No, there's probably not. (laughs) Um, Let me see. Let's go back to edge. Is there an edge rusher that I think can help the Bills even a little bit? (sighs) It's tough. Let me go to safety. All right, I like this safety available here, Sheldrick Redwine. Actually, I think this is this is a pick I'm going to get excited about because I think everything that the Bills get out of Raphael Bush, they can get out of Sheldrick Redwine. He's a player that can play in deep zones and split zones, and also has some cornerback ability. He did some corner. He played corner at the Senior Bowl, and he uh, played a little bit early in his career at Miami. And so I think you get a player there that um, gives you that versatility that you get in Raphael Bush. Um, that could replace him potentially this year or next year and also really help you on uh, special teams units to cover kicks. Um, so love that he can be that big slot as well as depth at safety and give you, you know, Raphael Bush was a big part of the Bills' defense last year, and so I think you can get a lot of those same things from uh, from Sheldrick Redwine, with safety from Miami. Um, all right, so we're back up here. Um, number 180... 180- one, number 181 in the sixth round. I'm going to go back to the offensive tackles and edges and see if I feel better about these guys. All right, we're going to go with Tyler Jones. <laughs> He's from North Carolina State. He's a worthy developmental guy. He can move. Um, and so there's no immediate need for him to play, but you have two years with Ty and Secchi, and you think like maybe you have an opportunity to develop him um behind there and maybe be an eventual starter or swing tackle that provides some death. He's been part of very good units at NC state. He was really good at the shrine game. So I feel comfortable with that pick and the bills are coming up here in the seventh round and we will wait for the simulator to get there. (laughs) Um, still haven't helped the team at pass rusher (laughs) at all. Um, and so I'm probably going to take one here no matter what. Um, Do I like any of these guys? I don't. I do not like any of these guys. But we're going to take a pass rusher just to take a pass rusher. I'm going to go with Kyle Phillips. He's from Tennessee. He's a former five-star recruit that played pretty well this past season um, for the new coaching staff with Jeremy Pruitt there in Tennessee. Um, Good run defender, showed showed some pass rush ability, uh, was a good pass rusher at the Shrine game. And so I think, look, we're in the seventh round, so – it's probably okay to to take one of those pass rushers. I wasn't crazy about. So uh, there's some upside there. Again, five star recruit kind of fits very well a four three defense. Um, and definitely, I think he could challenge. Right now, there's not a whole lot on the roster. So. If you're looking for a guy that can challenge Eddie Yarbrough as your fourth defensive end, Kyle Phillips is a good candidate for that. So here's what this thing looks like. Oh, my last pick is going to be punter Mitch Wisnowski from Utah. That's an easy pick for me here at the end. You know what I've said about the Bills' punting situation. They need need a new punter. And uh, Mitch Wisnowski from Utah is the best one in the draft. They got a chance to see him at the Senior Bowl. Uh, Very consistent with the ability to kick the ball with distance and turn it over, and he's got different types of punts where if he wants to go end end over end or spiral whenever it's needed, he really does a good job of controlling both situations. So here's what this thing looks like. In the first round, Ed Oliver, defensive tackle from Houston. Second round, Irv Smith, tight end, Alabama. Third round, J.J. Arcego-Whiteside, Stanford. Pick 112, Michael Jackson, cornerback, Miami. Justice Hill, running back, Oklahoma State, Ben Burke-Curvin, linebacker Washington at 147, Sheldrick Redwine, cornerback, excuse me, safety, Miami at pick 158, pick 181, Tyler Jones, offensive tackle, NC State, pick 225, <clears throat> excuse me, Kyle Phillips, the defensive end from Tennessee, and then the last pick, Mitch Wisnowski, the punter from Utah, so I like it, I like it a lot, so let me know what you think about it. Hit me up on Twitter, at the Joe Marino. Run your own mock draft simulations on uh, the Draft Network's mock draft machine. Send me them over, send them over to me. I'd love to, to take a look at them. Um, don't forget we have Brandon Bean's press conference today. I, I think it's going to be at noon where he'll talk about the free agent class, and so we'll probably spend a lot of time tomorrow reflecting back on Brandon Bean's comments uh, and then, of course, if the Bills make any moves, we'll we'll talk about those like we have all the rest of the moves all week. So it's been a fun week seeing the Bills invest and use this cap space and really build this roster to a, a roster that's complete with rosterable players. Right. First and foremost, that are going that's going to breed competition and really um, maximize the talent that's going to be available in year two under. Sean McDermott, or excuse me, year two under Josh Allen, year three under Sean McDermott. Um, Feeling good, feeling good, guys. So uh, hit that subscribe button, leave a five star review. It's been a while since I've gotten a written review on iTunes. Who's going to be the next one? Uh, That stuff really helps tell people about the podcast and what they can expect and uh, tells more people about the podcast. So really appreciate all the help that you guys give me and sharing and telling people about it. Uh, We've had a busy week. The numbers have been really good. So really appreciate you guys. Uh, giving me your ear and giving me a chance to tell you what I think about all these moves. So I know there's a lot of voices and opinions out there, and I don't take it for granted that you've taken the time to listen to me talk about it, and I really, really appreciate it. So uh, we'll be back again for you tomorrow to break down Brandon Bean's press conference and any other moves the Buffalo Bills make. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Bills.